0: Hey everyone, it's Robert. Before we get into today's episode with Carrie Harvey-Cutter from the Salem Fair, I want to clarify, this episode was pre-recorded on Wednesday, June 9th, 2021, three weeks prior to their fair opening on Wednesday, June 30th. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: You're listening to Fair Game
0: with your host, Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fair Game podcast. I'm your host, Robert Smith. Today's guest joins us from Salem, Virginia, where he's the fair manager for the Salem Fair. Folks, this is Kerry Carrie Harvey-Cutter. Kerry, Carrie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Robert. It's good to be with you this morning.
0: I'm glad I could finally get you on the show. Um, tell us a little bit about Salem Fair. When do you run? What's hey, what your attendance look like?
1: You know, we're, we're an interesting atypical event in that we're a free gate fair. Uh, mm-hmm. We're 34 years old. Uh, we started, uh, John Saunders, my assistant director at the time at the Salem Civic Center, we were slow in the summer, so we started a fair. We went to the IAFE show that was at that time in in Vegas. Uh, James Strait's uh, had straight show had played the old Roanoke Virginia Fair, Roanoke's our larger sister city, and uh, so we started with him, and he said, he said, boys, I like you guys, but we didn't make money in Roanoke, you're never gonna make money in Roanoke, but if y'all want to do a fair, these are the two guys you can talk to, and uh we we started with the Degler people and they've been with us ever since. Degler's uh, a great they show. Didn't think, and, you know, it's one of they didn't Andy, I mean Andy, his father, Don and Greg didn't realize there's anything in Virginia west of I-95, and it was the third year before they came came to the event. Uh so you know we started from nothing. Uh we had a big parking lot. Uh the track of land that the Civic Center sets on also has Uh, 8,000-seat high school football stadium, and then later on, we built a 6,300-seat minor league baseball stadium. So we have basically about 13 acres of land in the back for all the midway to fit into. We have the exhibit hall inside the Civic Center and Creative Arts and the ballroom. And so we have a lot of space, uh, but we didn't have money to fence the place. So we had to do free, and once you start free, it's very difficult to go back on that. So we continue to this day to be a free fair. Uh, we, may, we cover our nut. Uh, we have a pretty good profit at the end of the run, and we move forward. Uh, free parking. We run shuttle buses from a nearby General Electric plant that has since closed, but we run shuttle buses with our city school division, get huh. people there. Uh, we have a big field on the grounds, uh, and so we put in about you know eight or nine entertainment acts and the Carnival Midway and the games and the food and the rides uh first three years we had livestock under tents but after we had two major storms the first couple years we just didn't feel it was safe so we didn't have barns so we do you know we do educational dairy exhibit with piglets and and things like that so we have an agricultural component and of course the cakes and the pies and the quilts and the flowers all those creative exhibits
0: and what's your attendance usually look like
1: Somewhere around 250,
0: 300,000. Sure. But on a free gate, it's hard to really uh, nail that down, Pro- isn't yeah, it? Yeah, prove it. Prove yeah, it. Yeah, prove but it.
1: I, prove I'm not giving, you know, unlike a, a gated fair that, that may have, you know, a million people, 560,000 paid and 440,000 free exhibitors, uh, they have counts. You know, we right. have a best estimate from our police, fire, EMS people sure. uh, how many cars are in the lots. Uh, how many cars are on the streets and then take an estimate estimate of the number of people in each vehicle and go from there
0: yeah wow and you guys still manage to uh to make a nice profit at the end of it and keep the fair going year after year 34 years you've been going now
1: yeah we've been going a good while the first year uh before the fair we didn't have money to start it so we did a still date with degler uh we we netted about twenty five thousand dollars after pay and everything and our city manager said, "Go fart, boys," and uh, we didn't tell him our nut was a hundred thousand the first year, when we only had twenty five thousand in the bank. Uh, but we made money, and we've been going well ever since. Last year is the first time. we yeah, I was
0: going to say that was until uh, that was until last year. Why don't let's go back real quick and talk about March of twenty twenty? Uh, everything went to hell on a hand hand wagon on that that month. Um, what's going through your head? I'm curious. Is you know you see. I think the first major event that we saw in the nation cancel was South by Southwest in Austin. And then just a week later, Houston pulled the plug and they were about a week into their run. What are you thinking sitting there in Virginia when you see the Houston livestock show cancel?
1: Well, I wear a lot of hats. I also am the game manager, tournament director for the NCAA events we host in town. And I actually was assigned to work a division three men's basketball championship game at Randolph Macon College in Richmond. And I was there when the NCAA pulled the plug. And when the NCAA pulled mm. the plug, not just for winter events, but got rid of all the spring events, you know, they shut college sports down completely right. uh, at that point in time. That was before any of the, the major fairs shut down. We knew we were in for a, for a bad run, but at that point in time, everybody was talking, well, you know, we're July, maybe we'll be okay. And if not, we, we talked to Andy Dagler and the great folks at Dagler maybe, uh, we'll come back in the fall and, and, and take a week or 10 days in between a couple spots. Uh, so we, we really weren't prepared to, to shut it down completely. Uh, but as we, as things move forward and uh, our governor, who's uh, a doctor by trade, uh, lives and dies by the numbers, mm-hmm. uh, and he kept saying, we're not going to do this, and this is the length of time, uh, we got ahead of it in, in May and said, we're pulling the plug. did isn't going to happen. Uh, I know some neighboring fairs said they were going to operate uh, and then had to go back on their word and pull the date. So, you know, once we said we weren't, we were done and we had to make peace with it. We did three weekends of fair food in the fall. Yeah. Uh, and at least gave the people a little taste of the food.
0: So you guys got out really early then, because I know you guys were on what, the last week of July?
1: No, we're, we're over July 4th. So we're the oh, first Oh, 4th of
0: July now. weekend, yeah. your first weekend. Okay. So yeah. pulling it in May then, you really are only about, six weeks or so out from, uh, you you guys definitely kind of run out of runway when you're that close to to borrow a phrase from Jerry Hammer at the Minnesota State Fair. It was, um, and you know, I think for a lot of those summer fairs, late June into the beginning of August, that's really what it was initially. That's what pushed the decision for most of those fairs was, we just don't have time. Even if tomorrow the virus magically disappears, you guys just don't have time to do it.
1: No, and, and, and that's what it was with us. You know, we we wanted to be fair to our entertainers, wanted to be fair to our local bands, uh, to our food providers, the people that are coming in on the independent midway, that maybe they can find just a spot over July 4th where they can at least salvage some money. Uh, since day one, this has been a partnership. It's been a partnership between uh, the city of Salem and Degler Attractions. And we look out for each other. And yeah. it was yeah. the hardest thing in the world to call Andy, up and say, look, and it just didn't going to work.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you finally make the decision. Was that something that came from your governor, or you guys sat down as a board and wait, said, wait. we're done?
1: We're unique. We don't have a board. Uh, we're, we're a direct report to the city manager of the city of Salem, and he reports to the city council. Yeah. The interesting thing of our city council. One of our council members was the gentleman John Saunders that worked with me, and we started the Salem Fair. He retired and then became a city council member, so we had support to do whatever our decision was to go forward. Uh, but we can we can talk to the health department and know, you know, Carrie, we may be able to tell you something July first. Well, that ain't, that ain't gonna work. You know, Not you even can't possible. Just say you're gonna do that. So we we made the decision to pull it. It was the decision that Wendy Delana, who's director of civic facilities, and I jointly made, and just got out ahead of it. We didn't yeah. want to, but to be fair to everybody, we had to do it.
0: Well, it sounds like, you know, looking back, in hindsight, that was the right decision. Uh, I know a lot of fairs struggled with how they were going to move forward, and I, I watched them because I keep an eye on a lot of the fairs in their Facebook pages and the content they're putting out and how they were handling particularly the the public side of that addressing their public. And I know a lot of them struggled with it because by God, we're fair people. We like setting that Ferris wheel. We love having our events. And it was a real you could tell it was a struggle for a lot of these events. Not only that, it was a struggle for their public, for their community. Um, watched a lot of them where people said, Good, that's the right decision, and then another half of them that were ready to string them up to the Ferris wheel because oh, yeah. they were furious how can you cancel it's not that big a deal and just you know it was so early people just didn't know what was the response from your your public when you made the announcement
1: it, it was it was like that the the facebook comments ran about 70 30 in favor of what we did understanding sure. uh but the 30 that were opposed were could be very very negative yeah uh, we made a decision that we made the announcement we were not going to get into a debate uh, the same way if we had to close for any other reason, we're not going to get into a debate. That's the decision. And once you right. made the decision, you live with it and move forward. Uh, I'm fortunate that we don't have phone books anymore.
0: Uh, because
1: with a last name like Harvey Cutter, I would not have been hard to find. Uh, I'm also blessed that, that we got rid of our landline. So, and unless you, half the world has my cell phones. So I'm not really, you know. But, but I only got one or two that called me, and, and I just said, you know, if they emailed me, uh, I responded and said, here's my cell phone, call me, we'll discuss it. I did not have anybody call. me.
0: Yeah, I, I think there was so much unknown at that point, and people were feeling very out of control of everything, and then when, you know, schools closed and the fairs closing and everything's like, people were lashing out i I was seeing a lot of very visceral reactions from people i was super empathetic to all of them because we were all in that going you know what's what's the minor league
1: baseball team that that shares the property they didn't play last year yeah i mean they did movies in the park and they did dinner on the infield and everything to try to at least get some income but they they were out Our high school football team, they ended up winning the state championship this year, didn't play until spring uh, because we moved all of our fall sports to spring. And it it was just a very atypical year, unlike anything I've ever witnessed. Hopefully none of us
0: ever witness again.
1: I mean, I remember inoculations. I remember years ago, and I'm old enough to remember polio shots. And then in high school, we got polio with a sugar cube with a spot of polio vaccine on it and then later on we had some flus come through we did mass inoculations for at the civic center in the high school yeah. and I, I grew up in em volunteer rescue ems and i remember i'm on the ems council for you know when we had the the cipro that we had to store you know 22 million cipro pills in case we had anthrax
0: Anthrax, yeah well man you've got some uh you got some history there, so you hope you never see something like this again, but you've definitely got some experience in the past on you know on life moving forward, and that was always my feeling yes, it was stressful um the unknown and being an entertainer in this industry, and all of a sudden seeing six figures of of income just disappear it was like yeah. uh w- wait, hold up <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> But here we are. You know, we've made it through. You know, we're now recording now on June 9th of uh, of twenty twenty one. The world seems to be opening, and you guys, um, you guys are finalizing plans. You got to be. You're coming up here in less than a month. You're going to be going June thirtieth. Yeah, June thirtieth. Yeah, you're going to open. Um, what's your uh, what's what's the fair look like this year? What can guests expect from your fair?
1: Uh, I think they'll see a lot more hand sanitizers and a lot more wash racks. Uh, things of that nature. Uh, I think they're going to see a little bit more distancing between rides and and items like that, but not substantially. Uh, One thing you're going to see is a lot more help wanted signs. Uh, Nobody can get people to work. You know, Degler usually hires 50 to 100 here. Some of the food stands hire, the petting zoo hires. Uh, So we'll see more of that, more of an effort to try to get people
0: um, what do you think that is? Because we're seeing that nationwide. I mean, around Albuquerque here, every store has got help wanted signs, and and I mean, even when I was down in Florida earlier this spring, the gas station like Wawa was offering. I think it was like fifteen to seventeen dollars and fifty cents an hour starting, plus a five hundred dollar hiring bonus, plus a three hundred dollar bonus if you'd been vaccinated. And they can't get people to work. Yeah, what do you well, like? What do you it, think's it's, happening?
1: It's the same thing here. Uh, the sister to Wawa is Sheets, and we have Sheets in this market. Uh, and Sheets is starting at thirteen fifty with a signing bonus, and if you work full, full time for a certain length of time, they're going to give you paid leave for a birth of child. Sure. Uh, so they're 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 bringing that in for a it. gas station, yeah, like... for a gas station. You know, all the fast foods are looking, the Krogers are looking, everybody. Uh, I think some of it is the fact that a large segment of the population has has left what they were doing before and found something else and they don't want to go back maybe to that fast food they found something uh that that entices them a little bit more uh, i think there's a certain aspect when people can stay at home uh and and make as much not working as they would working which is a double-edged sword because uh if you're paying somebody eleven dollars an hour so that's 440 a week and if unemployment is going to give you 350 or 400 or 500 uh maybe i'd do the same thing but i think you have to to nudge people along to, yeah. to get them back into the workplace but if, if you're old enough to remember that minimum wage even if it's eleven dollars an hour which is what we're going to in virginia it's not a living wage that's not what you have sure. you know that was that was set up for somebody to maybe work at a fast food you know 10 or 15 hours a week to supplement Yeah. Uh, And and that's what it was. Well, our Um, entire
0: job market has changed. How how we employ people has changed, you know, and if if uh, wages had kept up with inflation, I forget, I read something last year. uh, Minimum wage should be something like 1675 an hour or something like that if it had kept with inflation. At the same time, you've got with technology taking over so many jobs, um, it's kind of pushed people into into different sectors. And and now. You know, that, you know, working at McDonald's was oh, when I was growing up and for sure, probably when you were growing up, working at McDonald's was something you did that towards the end of high school, maybe through college, gave you a little bit of money to pay some bills. And that was it. That was all the more it was meant to be. But you have people that are going into careers there now and are still only making, you know, eight seventy five an hour. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, ours, our McDonald's, I think are up to 11. Yeah. Uh, but still, if, if you've got a kid, you can't pay for childcare to go to work so you know you you do that uh so we we have to work very hard to to find people to work i think that's going to be a challenge uh i think the the event is going to do very very well uh because of of what we've got and it's gonna it's gonna excel
0: i tend to agree with you on that if looking at what we saw in florida the records attendance that were getting shattered. Like yeah. you guys, you guys might hit two fifty three. I know you don't really have a way to count, but you might hit up to, close to or over three hundred. It was um I, I think people are just desperate to get back out and be social and and be out and and feel free again.
1: And and we'll have that and then we're gonna have the people on social media. They're gonna say, just like they said for the Play County Fair in Green Coast Springs, the picture of all these people how to, it's gonna be a super spreader
0: event. <laughs> well
1: amazing. You know, guys, if if we can keep pushing up the vaccination, we're going to be good. We we're trying to work a deal right now with the Virginia Department of Health uh, to do on-site vaccination, and if you get vaccinated, we're going to give you a discount, ride discount. So you know, there you go. How to take that negative, turn it into a positive, and and do something good for health wise at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think I, I don't quote me on the actual numbers, but I think from what had been reported on Clay County, and I was there at that event. Um, I think they had what 148,000, I think I read. And I think they traced a total of like 30 cases that they believe, obviously you can't absolutely confirm that's where it came from, but they believe there were 30 cases of spread in the entire greater Jacksonville area. You had 30 cases out of 148,000 in attendance. And that's the gate. That doesn't count all the employees and everybody else that were there. So
1: and I know all the Degler people are most all their full time staff got vaccinated at Clay County.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had, they, they had, um, right across from where we were set up is where they, they were giving out vaccines. Like, yeah, they literally were wondering, have you been vaccinated? We've got no way right now. Like, they were, it's so funny to me to be able to travel and see different areas of the country where Florida, they're like, we've got all the, we got this vaccine. Hey, who wants it? They can't, they're like, trying to pull teeth to give it away because they've got so many doses of it and then you've got other places that are desperate to get additional doses and sure. so i i mean that's above my pay grade you know <laughs> i'm just a oh, fair yeah, entertainer it is, but,
1: sure.
0: but it's good that i think that's great that fairs can partner with their department of health um i hope you guys are able to because listen even if through your your 10-day run or or whatnot even if you got another 250 or 300 people decided yeah, yeah okay I'll, I'll start it or I'll finish it. I need my second shot anyway, so I'll go get it there at, at I mean, Salem Fair. Fantastic. We, we,
1: that's right. We already have the relationship with the health department because we are out inspecting yep. food stands every other day. So, you know, I'm setting them up and approving them.
0: It's nothing to then set up a couple of pop-ups or something or give that's them right. a back corner of uh, of your expo hall or something and say, here you go, you need to knock them out.
1: And, and that's one thing that'll be different. Our expo hall is going to be smaller in the number of vendors because a lot of people gave it up. You know, yeah. they gave up traveling on the road. They went out of business, so they're doing less of that. Uh, our, our creative arts and things like that. We're actually going to copy what they did at Green Cove. Uh, in the past, we've we've done exhibited everything. This year, we're just going to exhibit the winners. The you know the blue ribbon winners. Uh, yeah. Because it cuts down the footprint, so we don't have to pack people inside as much.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed in talking to so many fair managers and and marketing people and, and whatnot who work fairs, who are responsible on your side of the production side, that the the old adage of, well, we've always done it that way in the last 15 months has completely gone out the window. Yeah, it has. There are and no it, more boards out there going, well, we've always done it that way. It's like, well, COVID says it doesn't care and you have to make adjustments.
1: Right. and And it gives you an opportunity. I was talking to a friend that's a fair manager to go after some of those sacred cows in this environment. Some things that you've really needed to change that you just couldn't, but it gives you not, I won't say it's an excuse cause it's not, it gives you an opportunity to, to maybe operate a little bit leaner uh, and, yes. and do things remotely. Uh, I mean, you can't run a fair remote. I mean, you've gotta be on the fairground. Sure. You can't remotely ride a Ferris wheel, though I'm sure there's, there's some <laughs> app that'll put you on a Ferris wheel. Uh, and and so those kind of things
0: yeah i the changes that i've heard are literally that i've spoken with fairs that said you know we ended up doing a fair food drive-through and we changed the direction that we bring people in through the parking lot and we realized wait a minute traffic flows a lot better from this side of the parking lot than the other. So, like simple things like that where they said so when we do our fair you know this september we're going to see if we bring people in off on the east entrance instead of the south entrance and we're going to see how that works
1: yeah when Little we do things like that
0: that could make for a better guest experience
1: and that's what it's about uh is is you want them to have a good time when they're here and come back again especially to freegate so if it rains maybe you leave go to your car go in the exhibit hall come back out and stuff like that uh, we did the fair food and we didn't put them in the cars we allowed people Uh, to self-distance we put dots on the parking lot and and you know what they wore their mask and they stayed apart
0: god forbid if you just say hey this is what we're doing that's one thing that i've really i'm really happy for so many fairs that have been able to to accomplish this and that's um, transparency is really king in this game in this game of getting through covid if you're upfront with your audience and you tell them, and I think it's important, especially as, as fairs reopen, if they don't have the full fair, if they're still they're they're going to scale things back or things are going to look different. If you're transparent with your audience and your messaging is solid where you say, hey, this fair might not look the way you're used to, but we're going to have a great event. We're going to give you great value for your dollar. And the audience knows your, your guests know what to expect. Then they're willing to be real forgiving on things and come back and another year w- and, and be happy with your product. You don't want to damage your fair brands because you've cut so much back and you weren't really forthright with them. And then you still said, Hey, you know, it's still 10 bucks or 15 or whatever it is to come in the door, but you're getting half the fare you used to get.
1: It, it, it is. And you can't do that. And we've been adapting and changing because we had new health regulations that went out two or three years ago with, with food vendors. And then the last fair we had in 19, uh, the rules for, for fire changed. So mm. we, you know, we couldn't get food stands as close together. We had to have more of a distancing if they were using LP gas or anything like that. So we adapted that and rearranged some things. And, and I think that's what the world is anymore. We can't stay the same. We have to adapt, make things better, uh, have the grounds cleaner, uh, that's one thing that we've always prided ourselves on—on how clean the grounds are—and and I enjoyed that at, at Green Co. Uh They had very clean grounds with the cleanup crew there and everything. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's going to be harder this year because we can't get people to pick up cigarette butts and trash and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's hard to get them hired. Hard to get a custodial crew hired. So, well, listen, I was looking at your website um, for the show coming up. It looks like you do have a great entertainment lineup. You got eight or nine really good attractions good. in there. I even saw my own old buddy, Danny Grant's going to be with you guys. <laughs> we had him as a guest on the show recently. You know, he was, I was down there with him in uh, at green Cove. He does a really good little show. He really does.
1: I have known Danny Grant since his careful. Parents, Are you Bounce, sure you
0: want to admit this?
1: <laughs> Bounce and Ooh La La played the Salem fair with little Danny
0: wow many
1: many years ago
0: with little danny little i want to start calling danny. him that was that danny carrie calls you a little danny
1: uh you know it, <laughs> it's interesting and and i've watched him we booked him the first year i think he was on the road and his show has gotten progressively better yeah and yeah. progressively larger and more <laughs>
0: we were joking with him about that and, like
1: and he and he always has a trailer that leaks uh there there's always something there's always some drama with danny but he puts on one whale of a show he and really another does. one that, that that does equally good is hilby the german jungle boy
0: yeah
1: uh, i have people beg me to bring those two acts back and they'll probably be here as long as they want to be here as long as i'm here
0: nice yeah danny does a great job i am not familiar with hilby um i've seen some of his stuff come across facebook before he looks he, he looks entertaining it's all He's good. he looks really good um but yeah, but it looks like you got a great lineup. I think you'll you'll have a great show. Um, you know, obviously, you can't pull off an event like this without a solid team and uh, of of helpers behind it in order to build this. Talk for a minute, if you will, about a, your team and the folks that helped put on the Salem Fair.
1: Yeah, it it it's we're blessed. Uh, Wendy Delano, who I was director of civic facilities when we started, John Saunders followed behind me, and Wendy now. Uh, has the facility side of it It, is doing a wonderful job Uh, she's got a staff she's down she's down an assistant because during covid the person left and you know city budgets are tight so she hadn't been able to hire so she's got people there uh debbie height helps run the fair office she's on the board of the virginia association of affairs just like you're now coming on florida board Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it's a team effort because we are a city Uh, you know my police our fire our ems uh, we've always had a volunteer component of rescue squads that covered our EMS. Uh, due to COVID, they're down to almost nothing. So our career agencies working with us to uh, to cover EMS. Our police department, like every police department in the country, is stretched thin. But they're going to they're going to keep the people safe, along with state police and our county county police. Uh, they work very hard. Uh, Mike Stevens is our uh, communications officer with the city and. You know, he and his his partner in crime, Clark, they they build our our web page, they build our uh, our art for for Facebook, our TV spots. I just approved TV and radio this morning, uh, all of those kind of things. Uh, but the biggest one of the people with Degler, because we're partners, uh, and and we want them to be successful. Because if the carnival successful, we'll be successful. Uh, and you know, I watched. Heidi and Andy grow up uh, and watch them get married and have kids and uh, still Don's, Don's out. And I have so much love for Don and Kathy. Uh, so very comforting that they're here on the grounds. Uh, so, you know, that's it. And, and, and Jim Ingram and David Campbell and Shanae in, the, in their office, uh, their are family. It, it, it's like a reunion when the people from the fair come into town. Uh, the carnival comes into town, the food vendors, the fair stays here, of course, and, and so we do that, and, you know, it's like all your aunts, and uncles, and cousins uh, visit for a couple weeks, and and like every family, there's probably an aunt or an uncle that's a little more squirrely than the rest of the family. (laughs) Crazy Uncle Joe, right? (laughs) That's right, you got Crazy Uncle Joe, and you love him, and (laughs) respect him, and you move forward, Uh, but it is, uh, it is, it is a partnership, and it is a big family uh we have always at least the last 15 years uh, on opening day uh, we do a little cookout for our our entertainers uh, and the, the management of degler you know we grill out some we have a full food service in our civic center and grill out steaks and baked potatoes nothing fancy you know just welcome to salem we're glad you're here type stuff yeah and we still give, it at the last day of the run, uh, we give everybody on the Carnival Midway a Salem Fair cap. Uh, and that's the only day Kathy Degler and the Deglers allow their staff to wear something other than a Degler cap. And we did that because the first couple of years of the fair, we give, gave giveaways to entice people to come. And we got to the last day and we had all these caps left. And so we gave them to the Midway workers nice ride jockeys and the guys in the grab and everything and it became a tradition so now we're still doing it.
0: well degler's a fantastic show i've worked with him a couple of times where i've been on a, you know i've had my the conjurer fortune machine or one of my attractions out at at a fair that they are at and that was in uh at maryland and um the other month at uh, green cove down in clay county yeah just a terrific show and they're like you said you know Heidi and Andy and their group they're just terrific people
1: they're wonderful they're 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 good they're honest and in all the years going back when we first started if there was something we asked of Degler they did it and it's been the same way if they've asked us can we get this can we get that now with the electronic ticketing you know they call and say, look we need we need this, uh, this infrastructure. We've got with our technology department with the city. And yeah, here it is.
0: Yeah. Well, they do a great job. And uh, I'm glad that's a very strong partnership for you guys. I'm curious though, if, a, if someone called you up, they said, hey, we're a family that's new to the area. We want to come out to the fair. What would you recommend a day at the fair look like for that new family?
1: What would the day look like? Well, I think First thing I'd say, come on a Sunday afternoon. That's the slowest time. If you have kids that want to ride rides, uh, we're a very ride-oriented event, and that's the best time. It's the best deal uh, because you've got, you know, you've got 11 hours to, to, to one wristband. Uh, so I would advise them that. Uh, I would advise them, ask them what kind of foods they liked, and then send them to a, you know, a certain place that, that maybe is a favorite to me. Uh, depending upon the ages of the kids, I would direct them to certain shows if, you know, if they got little kids, make sure they go to the petting zoo and the dairy farm on wheels. Uh, always tell everybody to see Danny show and, and Hillby show. Uh, the racing, uh, barnyard racing animals, that's always a hit. Uh, Richard Barker, who was here before with us probably five or six years ago, is coming back. He's an in incredible hypnotist. Yeah. Uh, and that's inside the Civic Center. So if it's blazing hot and humid, you can go inside and cool off a little bit. Nice. Uh, you know, there's just so many different things. I try to. To, if somebody calls and they do, they'll email me or there'll be a new person moving in the neighborhood and say, hey, I understand you're the fair manager. You know, what what should we what should we look for? And, you know, try to tailor to that individual.
0: Fantastic. Listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. We're just about out of time. Before we go, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask you Don't six bother. quick questions. And you give me your best answer for each. Are you ready? Six. Six. You ready?
1: Well, that's usually an answer i just want to know get ahead
0: dick there it is <laughs> favorite vacation destination
1: vancouver british columbia
0: corn dogs or turkey legs corn dogs last book you read
1: oh gosh i'm in a series of british naval historical fictions i'm in book 14 of wow. the aubrey materan
0: okay experience. on an airplane window seat or aisle seat uh, Name but affair. during
1: COVID, during COVID, it was Wenda.
0: Right, right. Name a fair you've never attended but would love to see.
1: Calgary Stampede.
0: Not the first time they've been uh, named in that question. Yeah, and it's that's the same
1: dates as our fair.
0: <laughs> oh, that's uh,
1: rough.
0: Yeah. Ch- well, move your fair right. Just tell Calgary. the deglers, hey, move it back a week. I'm going to Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question. Movie is made about your life. Who plays you?
1: Jackie Gleason. Oh, great answer. I dig it. He was hysterical. He was hysterical mm. and a little chubby just like me. There you go. Uh
0: Carrie, Always where
1: can our- on Norton?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's right. Carrie, where can our listeners learn more about the Salem Fair?
1: Salemfair.com, Salem Fair on Facebook, Twitter, and all those wonderful places.
0: We even awesome. on TikTok this year. Even on TikTok. Oh my goodness.
1: I can't see it, but it's all out there.
0: Nice. Harry Harvey Cutter, Fair Manager for the Salem Fair in Salem, Virginia. We wish you the best of luck with your fair this year. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Fair Game
0: Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.